The Bedroom Producing Podcast, Season 1, Episode 2. Welcome to the Bedroom Producing Podcast. If you're a bedroom producer and you want to release tracks, perfect your workflow, or explore a new creative process, then this is the podcast for you. Today's guest is Waldek Jerosik from Poland, also known by his artist name, Invibed. Valdek is an EDM producer who also makes music for video games. In today's episode, he will discuss the universal elements of dance music, developing creative style, and defining your mission as an artist. Valdek, welcome to the show. Thank you for the invitation. Oh, so glad to have you here. Thanks for being here, man. So, so you are producing EDM. Uh, you're also writing soundtracks for video games. I want to hear about that. Um, I also want to hear just a little bit about your story and how you started off in music and how you got to this point. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. So um, from my you know, early years like as a kid and, and, and later on, I've been interested in both computers and music. And I've chosen my you know software engineering path as a professional path. So... Mm, I think it was easier just to make a living out of it. So that was the major, you know, when I was a teenager, I was um, considering, should I go to, you know, the, like the music university or, or should I major in computer science? So I've, I've chosen computer science because it was easier to, to make a living and it was, it was growing. And I've always had, you know, music uh, as a passion hobby after hours. And so for the most parts of my life, I've been a performer. I had a couple of bands. Uh, I played a couple of different instruments, including trombone and piano. Um, and, you know, after, like, uh, after these experiences, I felt like I need to create uh, something from scratch. I need to creating, create something uh, which will allow me to express myself. And because performing is, I don't think it's, you know, the, the biggest fulfillment. I think creating is the, the biggest fulfillment you can have. So I've been thinking, so because I, my problem is that I love many genres of music. I don't have a single favorite one. So, so which one to choose, which one to involve with? And I thought that, okay, because I have a big experience in managing teams, I know how hard it is to actually work with a band and record something with the band, how you know, much time you need for coordination, for convincing other people to your vision, finding compromises, and so, etc. So I found EDM uh, to be you know, the genre where, which I can actually create by myself next to the computer. And that was the, like the really big factor towards my decision because now I can have, you know, I can create uh, the things the way I want to create it, and uh, this is different from creating other other you know genres of music when you have a band or, or an orchestra or something like this. Yeah. So let me just to uh, to clarify real quick: yeah. Are you telling me that it can be a challenge to organize musicians and get them to show up on time? Is that what oh, you're yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, <laughs> you know many kinds of problems related to that. So. And trust me, I have a, I have a, you know, the couple of good years experience uh, of this because I heard it all the time that people struggle with their bands. Yes, it's not easy, and I think it's exactly what you said that it's the hardest part is to make people show in the same place at the same time. Yes. Because especially if uh, we are not professionals, if we are, you know, then after hours like a hobbyist band. Right. We have our own. We have, we have our own private lives. We have our jobs, and then you have this one evening or two evenings uh, in a week that you you have to gather your your friends. Right. What if somebody is sick? So what if what if you miss one person from this band? Can you do something about it, or you just have to you know call it off and uh, and do nothing? So that's I think that's hard. I couldn't agree with you more. Um, you know, I think one of the other things that's interesting too, that you talked a little bit about, I can make this the way that I want to, right? So when you're in a band, one of the things is there's a lot of compromise. Um, your vision might not be what somebody else's vision is, or your dedication level at this time 
might not be what everybody else's dedication level is at this time, right? Different people go through different things in their lives. And I like that, what, what you said about that. I mean, it gives you a lot more control. There's trade-offs there, but at the end of the day, you can do what you want to do, follow your vision, right? Yeah, and this is especially important to me because I'm, I feel like I'm kind of, you know, I have a different taste than many other people. So, you know, I'm, for instance, I don't find like good or bad that music is good or bad because it's all subjective and sometimes i i met people who are you know boxed in their genre or they were saying that my genre is better than yours something like this and i always try to unite people find you know to create music which actually helps other people so that my main motivation which i just you know i'm telling myself every day is I want to create music, not because I want to be popular or famous, something like that. I want to create music because I know that it helps. Music helps me. So if I, I get up in the morning, I listen to the music, I envy those artists who created the music I'm listening to. And I would like to be that artist that so somebody would you know, listen to my music and feel better. Yeah, that would be a wonderful yeah. feeling, wouldn't it? Yeah, so that's my biggest motivation. So this motivation also define some some vision because if i want other people to listen to my music i need to think about what kind of music should i do right because the more ambitious or niche music i will create the less there's chance that that somebody will actually listen to it so yeah yeah a hundred percent do you you mentioned that you would love to make music that inspires or helps people how do you feel like music inspires or helps you in your day-to-day -day life? Oh, I think like um, I think music helps me uh, in a different different way. So, for instance, it helps me helps me to motivate when I work out as a very practical, very practical uh, reason, and it really works. It triggers this, you know, this guy who wants to work out, if, even if I'm bored and tired. Um, the second thing. It it helps me to you know to process some negative emotions. Like you know, there's a reason why there are so many sad songs in the world, because we really love to listen to sad songs when we are sad, because we can just process this sadness, and at the at the very end feel better. So you know, like coping with our different emotional states. That's so true. The other thing, yeah, the other thing I I think just make um for me it's. It just helps me feel better. That that's it. So you know, I I could just you know dissect it, but in general, it just helps me feel better. So I love listening to music because uh, it changes my mood. So yeah. imagine I, I once heard a sentence which is pretty pretty accurate. I think like musicians are the ultimate emotional manipulators. So uh, when we create music, we manipulate other people's emotions. And this is actually pretty cool because this is what we do. But we want to, you know, manipulate towards the good ones, right? So we would yes. like people to feel better. Yeah. Unless this is like a scary movie or something like this. <laughs> but in general, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that, and that too, in its own context, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's... I think that's beautiful. You know, I, I think I, I read somewhere in, in some musical training that they said the output of music is emotion. That's an interesting perspective. Yeah, I think that's great, man. I think that's a fantastic way to look at it. It's really cool. So when you make EDM type of music, you mentioned there's a lot of genres. You like a lot of types of music. It can be hard to nail down what exactly you want to do. Obviously, with a computer, you've got infinite possibilities. Tell me, how would you describe the type of music that you make as in vibe? Yeah, so my main goal is to create music, which is the danceable music, the most danceable. And what do I mean by that is I would like to create music which actually forces you to dance or inspires you to dance, like triggers your danceability. Because... I think like today, this is my subjective perspective, but today we are labeling many types of music as dance music. But personally, I don't think so. It's so danceable music because usually think, uh, people identify danceability with energy. Like if there is a high energetic song, we can dance to it. But I think like dancing has its own rules. 
So when creating music for dancing, we need to um, use some patterns which actually work. One of these patterns is like four on the floor kick drum. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, in most of the house music, you have this pattern and it works. It's not like, you know, every dance music is this way because if you take a look at Latin uh, dances or like Brazilian samba or Cuban salsa, these are different. But if you take a look at our Western civilization and the four on the floor pattern, it just works. So if you wanted to do something else with the kick drum, yeah, you may go for some, you know, um, break broken rhythms uh, and some break beats. But in general, we have to use some patterns which will help people to understand the rhythm. Because what I think of is people don't need to think about it. They need to just feel that they would love to dance to it. So my main focus as Invibe is to figure now, okay, so what are the best possible patterns and how can I combine them with my creativity? Because it's, you know, it's not like a challenge to use some patterns, right? Right, right. It's a challenge to come up with something new or some some story behind that. So I think like combining my creative creativeness with uh, this you know dance style is is my is my vision here. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. I mean, that's some of the conventions of genre, right? I mean, they say that genres are genres because it's a combination of factors that work together, and that's why it's a genre. But like you said, there's there's that commonality created in dance music by having that four on the floor kick. I think the interesting point in what you said is that you're looking for that space where you can be creative around that, around the four on the floor. So what are some of the things you think about when you think about being creative outside of just that four on the floor kick snare pattern? Yeah, so what I... You know, I, I miss the 90s music, dancing music, because I think there was stronger focus on the melody back then. Mm-hmm. So, who are some 90s dance music artists that you like to follow? Oh, if you, if you, if you just, you know, if you remember those hit songs like Coco Jumbo, or uh, I don't know if you remember it, or uh, Culture Beat, Mr. Vane, especially those hits, it's like, um, or C Block. The, these artists, the, the, you know, the funny thing about these artists, like they are still remixed today. So I, I remember, you know, before the pandemic, I was in a club and like 50 or 60 percent of the music uh, was remixes from the 90s. Oh, that's very interesting. So one reason behind this maybe, you know, because maybe people like uh, in their 30s, mid 30s are just still listening or remembering the, this music from their childhood. But another thing also maybe that this is really good dance music. Yeah, yeah. Having really good melodies. And they are like, they created these melodies like that. Uh, there is this pattern of chord progression, A minor, F major, G major, which occurred in many Eurodance uh, tracks. Mm-hmm. Because um, I'm referring to the genre which was called in the Eurodance. And why did they use the same chord progression, right? It just worked. It works. And people loved it. So, yeah, it, it works uh, till now. So, uh, that's an interesting thing. And so what I'm trying to do, I'm trying to figure out, okay, okay, maybe I can create uh, some of these melodies because now I kind of miss that we are not so focused on super you know, melodies. And also what I love is adding really good vocals. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, the, it, it's harder. But for me, vocal is so close to human emotions that it, it should be there. So yeah, it can really change the the feel of a song. Even the, even the difference between having a, a melody on a piano versus having it on a vocal can make a big difference, can't it? Yeah, and, and you know, I I do believe that this is the thing which actually uh, helps to stand out because you can use all those plugins, all those samples, and and people, other people also can use it, right? But it's harder to reuse the same vocalist, or like I can, you can pay pay for the session vocals. But I think you can create a very unique character by adding some cool vocals, some and sometimes thinking of the different usage of these vocals. Because maybe some vocalists are not like you know straight EDM session vocalists. Maybe you can incorporate somebody else to to the song. 
So this is interesting and, and like interesting challenge for me to come up with something more than just, uh, you know, the four on the floor patterns and melody and cool vocals. But I need to mention that for me, uh, the most important thing about dance music is to figure out the groove. So I need to convince myself that I would dance to it. Yeah, yeah. And this is and this is the point when I usually finish my like chorus or my hook. So I'm I'm tweaking tweaking until I feel like I'm just standing out and start to dance because I, I cannot just sit anymore. That's great. Is that kind of the foundational element for where you start your EDM type tracks? Is with your your basic drum rhythm and then then into like a melodic hook? Is that kind of how you start everything? Usually, usually. I think most of the time is like I'm, uh, you know, it is dance music, right? So if I start from something else, like the melody or... Actually, I started one song with this, so it's not a general rule. But I need to figure out a really good groove. Without it, I cannot make a dance song. So it's. I think it's always the case that I start with that groove, like the bass or the drums or some synth. But I... I need to have a groove in a couple of minutes and usually it takes me a couple of minutes just to figure out the super basic stuff. And, and then it serves me like a seed. I call it like, you know, the small seed of inspiration, uh, which later I can build on top of that. Yeah. So when I, when I have it, I can just extend it. It's no, no problem to extend it, but it needs to be really, I need to, you know, I, as I said, I need to be convinced, but it will work. And it's not that easy to convince myself, believe me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I think that you mentioned you like to start with the groove, but a lot of the time that includes the bass. And that's one of the things, a lot of the time, you may not even hear the bass cerebrally so much as you feel it a lot of the time, right? But it's it's always there and subconscious. And you mentioned you're trying to make your music something that a passive listener can enjoy, which, you know, we're active listeners. We're all hear a track playing and we're just kind of trying to deconstruct it almost automatically. Oh, what's going on here? What's going on there? But the question is, you know, can you play this for your girlfriend? You know, she, she doesn't care. <laughs> is she going to move or is she not going to move? <laughs> yeah, this is, and I think it's an interesting test. I, um, but I think I've, I don't uh, worry about that anymore. So this is, this is the important part because we usually, we are usually try to please our friends, our close one, family friends. I think it's in marketing, it has a name like FNF, family and friends, that everybody who is starting is, starting is trying to convince his friends that his music is good. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that that is a right direction because maybe your audience is somewhere else in different country or, you know, different cultures or, and, and you know, the, also the very important parts I like to create music which I like. Yes, I, I'm, I must identify with it because, in the, you know, when you create for like a, when you're a freelancer, you cannot just write whatever you like. So I, I remember that I was once doing a music for video game, which was a cover, and I got a feedback that this is too danceable. This sounds like a dance music, and it shouldn't be dance music. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's too bad. Yeah, I couldn't have done it this way, so I, I need to change it. So, so that's interesting, though. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of bedroom producers now are doing game music. One I can think of is is Nervous Test Pilot. He does some really cool tracks. There's a soundtrack to Endless Space. That sounds like a bedroom producer did it, but it's really cool tunes, you know? So I think it's interesting that there's a lot of crossover between those things. But going back to dance music, though, I think it's like you said, there's basically, do you like the music? And then there's also kind of this universal subconscious, whether it's going to make you move or not, right? You know, and that's kind of what's what appeals to people across different cultures do you agree with that yeah so i i think um i'm studying a lot of music so uh, by studying i mean uh super active listening like like analytical listening so it's not like i'm just you know listening okay i have a kick and a bass and a synth and some hi-hats i'm i'm trying to figure out the all the things 
like there's i think there's this um strategy for listening called 3p like pieces production placement so like the first pass you listen for pieces so what kind of elements do you have what kind of tracks or instrument then production what kind of production technique are techniques are used there and placement so what is the role of each of these tracks and instruments oh that's great so, uh, by track track I mean, yeah so so say it say it again for me the three p's yeah, I actually learned this at Berkeley online. So so this is like pieces, production, and placement. Pieces, production, and placement. I love that. That's great. I'm stealing that. <laughs> sure. Taking and, it with me. Yeah, I think it's a really good strategy because if you think about it, how to listen to the music analytically, right? You cannot dissect all the things in the very same second. You need to focus on something, and it's good to to you know come up with some strategy for listening to different things separately. So now I'm now I'm focusing on the transition between sections or transition between phrases. Then I'm listening again, and I'm you know listening uh, for uh, the drums, the exact patterns of the drums, etc. So I think that I studied a lot of music over the years, and I just you know uh, noted all the patterns which work. What do you think are some of the important elements for creating good transitions in dance music? What I can uh, like to think of is the energy management. So uh, as uh, as assume that um, it depends for whom you are creating. Let's assume there is a group on the dance floor, and I wanted my track uh, to be you know created in a way that they won't go off. So <laughs> they are still in the dance floor, and I if I think this way. What will happen when I turn off the kick drum? If they have a, you know, their, their partner, they can hug. But if they don't, this is a like totally bad thing to do with dance music because they, will be, they won't know what to do at the dance floor. Mm-hmm. So it's important to think of it, how to keep them dancing, how to keep them interested in the song. Mm-hmm. And I call it energy management because if I create a dance energy and... If the piece uh, or in the factor of the dance energy is a drum rhythm, I cannot just throw it away just like that. I need to it need to be well thought through. So I can do it for one bar or two bar tops. Or maybe I can do some, you know, breakdown or some riser that something is coming and everybody will be yelling and jumping. But it's all important to think about what will happen if I transition in this way or that way. So one of the transition is to, dr- to have a drum fill. Mm-hmm. Another transition to have an, some some uh, you know sound effect. Other thing maybe uh, only to leave only the bass. Mm-hmm. And sometimes taking something away, right? Yeah, usually this is this is like my daily strategy. Less is more. So my I, I, I usually create many layers of music and then I remove them. Yeah, <laughs> because I, I created too much. So yeah, the good transitioning is I think. Uh, it's like telling a story. So why would you like to transition in the first place? Why eight bars, not 16 bars of section, right? So when I create music, I'm always thinking about storytelling. And my story is, I want to make you dance. So <laughs> what should I tell you, right? That's great, man. I love that. That's awesome. Do you have any um, favorite synthesizers that you like to work with? You know, I, I like to experiment a lot. I don't have a, a one which is my favorite. Recently, I've been using like Silent, uh, Massive, Massive X, because there's a new version of Massive, and Absent, which is quite old, but still works. It's a really cool scent. I usually use, um, I also used um, the Equator from Rolai Keyboard. This is like the keyboard, the 5D keyboard when you touch and, and move your, you know, yeah, and it's like a multi. It has these multi-touch features, and it comes with the Equator plugin. So I've also used it for experimentation and recording some some lines. So that one I'm not familiar with. So that's a a hardware synth. No, it's a software synth, but uh, you get it with a keyboard. Oh, because you need to have a, spe- a specific keyboard for this. Oh, interesting. Um, I, I think it's called the C board, something like this. I don't remember exactly, but uh, it's like, like the five D uh, keyboard where you can you know touch, multi touch, and, and you can uh, make a glissando portamento with your hand, and uh, this is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, no, that is cool. That is cool. Like that expressiveness. I think having something tactile. Uh, it really opens up a lot of doors for your your sound design and what you're doing. Do you work mostly in Logic, Ableton? What do you like to use for DAW? 
Um, I'm now I'm married to Logic, and I I just started with Logic by taking a mixing course at Berkeley online because I uh, I think that was a requirement. And that was the main factor for logic. So if I want, if I were to you know, decide which one, I don't know. I don't think that DAW is the problem here. So I, I'm I'm seeing you know, this discussion that what's better, logic or Ableton or Pro Tools or Cubase or FL Studio. I don't think these are the problems. So we need to find one which suits you. But at the very end, I can you know come up with the melody or something without any DAW. Absolutely. So what I find uh, important for which DAW to pick is how quickly can you do all the technical things? So do you have a keyboard shortcuts for everything? Because you know, in, when you have a lot of tasks to do, these small details become very, very important. So can I just copy it? Can I just uh, click here? Can I move it here around? And I, I, I want to do it really quick. So... I use Logic because I, I got used to it, and it's pretty pretty good. I think it's I for for now I don't feel the need to switch to anything else. Yeah, but I, who knows? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you never know what's gonna come out, right? So it's good to be adaptable. Yeah, I I couldn't agree with you more though. I think it's it's kind of what you're comfortable with. I actually took that mixing class at Berkeley, and you can only take it with Logic, but I'm an Ableton guy, so. For me, being more comfortable with the Ableton workflow, it was basically like trying to have one hand tied behind your back the whole time. That's what it felt like to me at this point. So yeah, I think you're absolutely right. The workflow is so important. What are you comfortable with? How can you get your ideas out of your head uh, into the computer quickly, right? Yeah, and, and I'd like to mention here that I think the most important thing is to actually understand what you're doing. Because if you if you wanna you know uh, if you search for like YouTube uh, tutorials how to create a good vocals or something like this, you need to understand how compressor works first, mm-hmm. right? It's good to understand how EQ works. What's what's the physics of the sound wave? And my goal when I started you know like uh, my production journey was to understand the entire process of music creation from the physics of the sound wave up to mastering. At least have you know the big picture understanding of everything, because then when I you know look at the next tutorial, it's it's like I understand these things. Like if if you have a face cancellation problem, you can you know just pitch shift a little bit, and some people don't understand why. But if you understand the physics and mathematics behind that, it's easy to figure it out by yourself. And this is actually my I think it's because of my computer science uh, education. I've learned that I need to spend a good amount of time for understanding things deeply, and then they will pay off. So if somebody is trying to learn quickly how to remix, how to create music, I would go for the basics, because I think the understanding of the basics is, is uh, is a very good investment for the future. Yeah. So I spend a lot of time for, you know, uh, trying to understand what's going on, what this mid event is and, and, and everything else. So I think you're exactly right, too. It's it's funny because, you know, you can spend years working on and playing with this stuff. And then a lot of the time you find out you're just you're using the same tools. You're just using them better. Are you looking at something where you knew what a couple of knobs did on it, but now you really understand what more of the knobs do on it? You go deeper. It's kind of like a basketball player who's you know a professional player, but he shoots thousands of free throws anyway, right? Yeah, and I, and I think you know this is the problem of uh, our times today that uh, every company wants to sell the best new plugin, the, the thousands of different compressors. But it is hard to differentiate between between uh, these products, right? Because I think it's more important to have good ears than to have thousand plugins. Because if you have, like like you said, if you can have many tools, but if you don't know how to use them, how to feedback uh, to yourself, actually, because you, you can listen and listen and listen, then uh, they're useless. They won't do the job for you. But and if they will then somebody else also can do it, right? Yes. So the, the important thing here is that uh, I'm very aware that is 
I need to spend more time in understanding and training my ears than to just, you know, buy thousands of plugins. Yeah, hundred percent, man. I think a lot of them just maybe help you get things done a little faster or do it in a little bit of a different way. And I love my plugins. I have tons of them, but I think a lot of the time you can just use the native plugins out of your DAW and, and get what you want if, if you understand it, right? And that's the key to what you're saying to get that training. You mentioned briefly uh, just the idea of like searching on YouTube for XYZ. Do you have any favorite YouTube channels or anything? Um, in terms of EDM, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, it's, I think it's related to what I said about this, you know, understanding. So when I listen to the music, I try to find something which, you know, is kind of a new for me. I think that there's like many, many songs which just sound the same. And when I try to, you know, like somebody is, is, um, explaining how to create this and that, me, by knowing how things work under the hood, I could have done it by myself if I had time or some idea, right? So I think it's, uh, it's hard to just you know, like learn something new besides learning really good, uh, good basics. And then advanced stuff is to training by myself. So you mentioned that you're looking for something that sounds interesting or unique in the EDM world when you're kind of finding your influences. Are there any particular artists that have that kind of standout sound to you? What is it? Uh, this, is, this is a tough question because I, I don't think I have a single one. Uh, I listen to a lot of songs and I try to find you know, what's, what's different in some songs. But I don't think I could just point out to some EDM artists at the moment. Uh, I don't want you know, to, to make uh, <laughs> somebody like having more influence than other because I, many people just uh, inspires me. Um, but what I can tell here is I try to listen to other genres and take from them and incorporate this to EDM. So this is like, you know, listen, for instance, if you listen to some uh, Cuban music, maybe you can use it uh, in an EDM track, like different percussion instruments. And I remember, uh, I remember, you know, watching the Tomorrowland uh, festival, and I saw this track which uses some um, Arabic scales, and it, it, this sounded totally different than all our Western music. But it was four on the floor, uh, you know, you know, like a really dense bass. But it sounded different just because it is. It used an Arabic scale and Arabic instruments, the middle, um, like you know, the Middle East instruments. So, I think it's for me, for myself, it's better to listen to totally different genres, yeah, and then be inspired of them than to listen to EDM and try to be like other people. Because you know, what can we change? What can we add here? Right? I think there's a lot of music especially commercial, especially music with billions of views on YouTube, which for me sounds the same. The only difference is the vocal. And I think it's uh, only because the vocal, it's, this is like a kind of a different one. But it's hard. It's hard to be inspired, to be honest, by, by EDM music. Because it's, you know, as I said before, it's, it's, everybody can do it uh, it's in home, right? Uh, next, sitting next to the computer, and so if something is, is easier to create, there will be more of it in the world. Yeah. In a way, I kind of like that because I feel like everybody has their way to tell their story right now. Uh, you know, and a lot of it's going to go back to your skill. Unfortunately, you know, a lot of people will turn on the computer and, you know, I mean, we're all always learning. I think it depends like how much you're going to stick with it and what do you want to get out of it. But like you said, if, if you don't spend time with the basics, you're always going to struggle. You don't kind of get those basic ideas down. But yeah, I mean, the question is, you, so you've got a four to the floor pattern, basically, right? And then the question is, what is it that you want to explore about the music? I think what you're talking about different scales or you know, maybe mixing in some, you know, some of these different kinds of rhythms and things. I, th I think all that kind of stuff is just fascinating. I love the idea of mixing in these different cultures and things to EDM. 
Yeah, there's another thing which I'm you know, learning or trying to incorporate here is symphonic music mm. because I'm a fan of symphonic music. And I did create a, a remix, symphonic remix of uh, EDM hits, but I did haven't released it yet. I need to work on this. It will be super cool to record it by the orchestra, live orchestra. But I'm a lover of live instruments. So I would like to do more. So this is, uh, yeah, this is maybe the, like the idea to bring more live instruments into EDM songs. Oh, that's a great idea. These are the songs which I like like better because I feel that there is more human touch in it. Like these are not perfect. Like, you know, if you create from samples, samples are perfect. You can modify them, filter them, do whatever. But if you bring up like a saxophone, which is very popular in some house music, I think this works really well. So, you know, my love of symphonic music uh, it's is related to that. Maybe so bringing, you know, like a, maybe I was thinking about bringing totally unexpected instruments to like the bassoon, for instance, like a really fun sounding instrument from symphonic orchestra. Oh, yeah. And, you know, that maybe that will be my sound someday, but just full disclosure, I'm I'm seeking for my style at the moment. So... I think it will take me a couple of years to just define actually what my style is. Or maybe I will be experimenting. So it's hard to tell. That's that's all part of the process, isn't it? Yeah. That's interesting. (laughs) You know, I know a really excellent trumpet player. Maybe you can put him to work. Sure. Why not? Yeah. (laughs) You did a music video for one of your tracks. Can you tell me a little bit about the process of putting that together? Sure. So um, we're talking about Dance the Way You Feel, the the track which actually defines my mission in my dance music. So this music video is not only about one song, it's about who I am and what I'm trying to do in the world. So that is my first track, which I'm releasing under my, you know, um, Envibed brand. And there will be more, but because of the pandemic i'm just for now i'm just frozen because i wanted to you know release the music start releasing and promoting the music when we will be able to go out and go to the club ah that makes sense right yes yeah because i uh, you know important thing about creating music is an emotional process so i cannot just uh create super dance super cool dance music if i'm sad if i have a bad day i feel now like i have you know, the, the the bad year so so i think we all i think we yeah. all feel that way <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i released a music video in november just to uh, for the sake of releasing i wanted to have my you know my, my business card okay this is my music video my track and i can do it and this will be my mission and i'm starting from this and dance the way you feel is is actually a story it's not only a, a story a message it's not only a music video or or the dance track so it began with you know me singing uh, the the chorus line so this is the difference from uh, coming up from the groove so once uh, mm. i found my smartphone when i recorded that the uh, the the groove i am sorry i recorded the chorus melody with the words, uh, you need some freedom when moving to the rhythm, you get the chill and dance the way you feel. And that's how it started. So from the line, which I you know I was singing to my smartphone, I created the song and the music video with over 60 people on set. So that's interesting, right? From the very small seed, uh, like almost more than a year ago. And the process, you know, was very complex because it was my very first music video. Yeah, that's a big production. I had no idea how to do it, right? But I'm I'm those, you know, I'm this crazy person who who always um sets goals which are very difficult to achieve. So creating a music video, funding it, you know, it's it's not so cheap. Um but also creating this like selling my my vision, my mission in a four minute music video, I had really hard time deciding which scenes to edit, you know, which scenes to remove, which to leave. So it started from the music, and I wrote wrote the lyrics. And when I had the lyrics and the music, I started to think about the script. So uh, how to you know know how to present it when I have actors and when I have 
when I have visuals, right? I have a video. So this, that was all, all based on my mission. So I would like people to be more, maybe be less shy, be more, you know, courage to uh, towards dancing. And uh, this is uh, like, this is the most personal uh, track I've ever created because more than eight years ago, I started my journey with dancing. I was this shy guy who had problems with asking a girl for to to dance on the dance floor. But uh, later I took courses in dancing and I've been training a lot and I gained confidence. So I said, if I can do it, everybody can do it, right? So I wanted to show the story that you don't need to be perfect to to enjoy dancing and that it's for regular people. We don't need to be at the beach like most music videos show you. I get, okay, my music starts from the beach, but, the <laughs> idea, but it's, it's actually related to figuring out the idea because I like to write the, the score. So I actually, sometimes I sit at, at the beach and uh, write down my ideas. What beach is that? That's a beautiful beach in that video. <laughs> yeah, that beach. Um, is that in Poland? Uh, no, well, that beach is from Bali. Oh, that's from Bali. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. I was so gonna say I didn't away. think that was in Poland, but <laughs> no, no. Yeah, oh, that's so, beautiful. But but the the idea behind the the music video and the story is that is that I wanted to sell the achievable dream, not a fantasy, because when you look at many music videos. There are you know beautiful yachts and beaches and, and you know these super hot parties, and which are not achievable for many people, right? Yeah, your and, your video is more of a story of uh, it's it's kind of like watching a short film actually. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's stuck in my head. I was listening to dance the way you feel earlier. It's been stuck in my head all day. So that's that's good because it created an earworm. But it's kind of like the the story of the the kind of lonely high school guy and then like kind of going to meet meet the girl kind of thing right yeah 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 but the the important thing is that they met for dancing and he didn't have to be a good dancer so that's the the main point of this story right because usually when i you know met a lot of guys that they're shy because uh (laughs) either they are sober so (laughs) they don't have the courage but then I think some of the people like myself, I was shy because, you know, not being a good dancer, so I can't show off, right? Uh. What will I show to other people? So I wanted to um, tell the story that you need to be yourself mm-hmm. and need to treat other people with respect. And sometimes that's enough. So the dance that we feel is a story about, you know, this teenage girl who is lost, that she's, um, she has some hobbies, some passions, but she don't know what to do in her, in her life. And this shy guy who is, you know, the intellectual type who is just fixing his robot. And it was super big deal for him to go to the club. And, uh, and later, like he didn't do it, but I, like I pushed him to, <laughs> to the dance floor. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. But the idea was that there are some professional dancers, different style, different, you know, uh, styles of dance. And they are all together. Yeah. The group accepted this new couple of, of these young people. So it wasn't like we are better because we are better dancers or somebody is more beautiful or something like this. So we are united because uh, we love music and we love dancing. And I wanted to show that you know, through dance and music, you can just feel better and make friends. Oh, I love that, man. I think it's one of the reasons that if you go back and you look at the original story of techno, where does techno music come from? There's that universality to it, that that four to the floor, but it was, from what I understand, I didn't live through it, but the culture was very accepting of very diverse groups, right? And that's that's the origin of it. So I think that that fits right in line with the history of the music. So I think that's beautiful, man. Yeah, thanks. So, you know, the, I think one of my missions or like submission or, or another mission is to unite people. So when I think of dance music and especially my music video, Dance The Way You Feel, this is what I would like to achieve, that 
we need to seek for what we have in common instead of you know just making more divisions right because now in this world sometimes it's, it's hard to be united but when i look you know when you have some passion and other people share this passion it's beautiful because people then start to look differently at each other so uh so yeah that's that's it's very very personal <laughs> song uh to me and and then I, I want it to be catchy right this is be yourself dance the way you feel and this defines my mission and i believe that you know there are more songs to come and they will probably be related to this oh i can't wait to hear more songs from you man i think it's a great one so keep keep writing thank you Hey, I've got just a, a few more questions I want to ask you, and we'll kind of start wrapping up here. Sure. So one thing I want to know is, say that you've started a track, and you've written eight 16 bars. You've got a nice, solid eight 16 bar groove going, but now you're kind of stuck on the loop, and you're kind of having a hard time. What do you like to do to break out of that loop? So usually I'm trying to think of a story I wanted to tell. Because if I'm thinking of a story, so, okay, I told that this is a course or something or the great loop, but what, what then, what later? So who is this music for? Should it be for dancers or should it be for people who are just listening and sitting in their, you know, in their car or whatever? So if I'm stuck at something, I, I'm starting from this. And then I have like a general idea. Okay, maybe I need the verse. I need to uh, tell a different story. I need to expand or something like this. In terms of music, I always try to use my instruments. I like to play instruments. They inspire me a lot. Other thing, just sound design or go through patches and play some instruments. Because I think I can come up with new ideas way faster playing my instruments than just you know, clicking in my DAW. That's a great idea. Yeah, that reminds me of something from Point Blank where one of the instructors is, his name is Ski, and he's an amazing keyboard player. And so when he's going to write, he writes a lot of things on the piano to get started and then goes back and chops out different sections. And he's like, that'd be a good chorus. That'll be a good verse. And he's automatically got related themes but he just kind of arranges them afterwards so he kind of mass produces from the get-go so i love that idea of going and getting tactile with an instrument or pulling out presets on your plugins or even pulling out plugins and then playing with knobs right getting tactile with it that way just to change things up i think those are great ideas man love that yeah these are all around experimentation so when I'm stuck, I'm always experimenting. I'm not trying to use patterns. I'm experimenting to figure something totally else. Love that. Can you tell me a favorite mix or production tip that has helped you as a home producer? Oh, that's a big one. I think I listen a lot to my tracks, even small parts, and try to figure out uh, what's wrong. And sometimes I, I figure out that nothing's wrong. Because if you know, if I just listen once, I'm not sure whether it is finished or wh where I am in, in this production process. So listening analytically to my own tracks and note and making notes, what I can do better. If there's no notes, I'm finished. So this is this is the strategy for me to finish tracks and and and, and it helps in producing a lot. I love that. That's a great no. That's a great tip, man. I'll keep, I'll keep that one. I'll take that to the <laughs> okay. bank any day. That's a great tip. So last question, what advice would you give to someone who is just starting out to produce electronic music? Oh, I definitely, I would advise to be patient and, you know, learn things step by step and believe in yourself because music is subjective and many people will tell you that your music is, for instance, not good enough, but this may be subjective. So, you know, there, the, there are the commercial productions, which I don't like. And they're popular. So I'm aware that I have my own taste. That's why if someone is starting, I think it's important to believe in yourself and give yourself time that it all has to be done step by step. And, uh, you know, find a friend who can help you or uh, who can give you feedback, but not subjective feedback. This is important. 
So I think there are still some things which are not subjective, like, you know, if the mix is muddy, if you have a low end, which is totally messed up uh, and like everybody can hear it, but the regular people, like non-musicians will know that something is not right, but they won't tell you what it is exactly. Mm. It's great so it's, tip, it's, man. Yeah. So I think it's good to have another pair of ears to actually give you that technical feedback. That's great, man. Yeah. Surrounding yourself with other people that have that skill set. Yeah. That's a great idea for people that are just getting going. That's something I'm always trying to do myself, too. That's one of the reasons that I've got you here talking with me today. <laughs> you make me better at it. So, well, thanks again for coming to talk with me today. Um, where can people find your music online? Where, they, where can they find you? Where can they get in touch with you? Okay, so that's uh, the best point is to go to facebook.com slash music. And you can go from there to my website or, or to my YouTube channel. So facebook.com slash music. Sounds good, man. I'll point people that way. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Well, that was a great conversation with Valdek. I love how he talks about the universality of dance music, but also the idea that you can build upon the common rhythm patterns and experiment with new ideas from other genres or other cultures and marry those with the universal elements of dance music. Also, I think it's interesting that he has a defined mission for himself and he likes to set big goals. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you did, please be sure to subscribe. Also, check out the website bedroomproducing.com. There's a reading list on the website that has a bunch of cool books for bedroom producers. And of course, I'll have the show notes up there as well with different references from things that Valdek and I discussed. Until next time, my name is Chip, and this is the Bedroom Producing Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Bedroom Producing Podcast. For more content like this, visit bedroomproducing.com.